0: And in it, you play uh Corbin Dallas. What? He is a cab driver in New York City <laughs> in the Neo Future. <laughs> Every time I heard the name Corvo, in my head I just heard Corbin. And so that's what I always think of. How does Corbin Dallas sound like? He's
1: Bruce Willis. You've seen The Fifth Element, right? Oh, sorry. Yes, no. I, I've put two and two together now. <laughs> How did I not made that connection instantly, I'd forgotten. I just called him Bruce Willis in The Fifth Element. No, he's Corbin Dallas because no, of room, course his that... name's
0: Corbin he's, Dallas. He's,
1: Br- <laughs> he's Bruce Willis, and the bad guy is just called Gary Oldman. I don't. Gary know, Oldman uh, with his hair.
0: Zorg. His name is Zorg because it's Zorg his, Industries.
1: His name is Gary.
0: No, Gary Zorg. <laughs> okay. I am Gary Zorg. <laughs> Welcome to Abnormal Mapping, Episode Seventeen. I'm your host Matthew Marco, and with me is co-host Jackson Tyler. Hello, hello. And we're here to talk about the video games, uh, specifically
1: Dishonored. Oh, yeah. I guess we're going to get to that eventually. I just wanted to get it in there, just to let okay. you know what's mm. what's happening. Okay. Well,
0: how's how's things been doing since we last checked in two weeks ago?
1: Uh, things have been alright, I guess. Not much happening, not much going on.
0: Well, you That's right, you're not playing video games.
1: No. I mean, I played some. I played, like, 15 hours of Fancy life. That's not no video games. Mm, sure. I guess. I freed I... myself from the aforementioned Doctor Who watching Crusade. That's good. That's good. It's like, the current series is airing and I'll finish that, but I'm done. I'm free. Are you actually done after this series? Oh, uh, we'll see. We'll see um, um, We'll we'll see Maybe the next series will come back and I'll be like I should check out whether it's still bad Oh, it's still bad (laughs) You're just doing this to yourself now (laughs) I've been doing it to myself for uh, multiple years I've known it's been terrible for uh, like three, four years by now
0: Okay, I'm glad that you know at least
1: Yeah, I'm aware
0: I, uh Celebrated my birthday by buying video game nonsense.
1: Hell yeah, the one true way to celebrate anything, what yep. nonsense was purchased?
0: Uh, a, ga- a Wii U Pro Controller and a copy of Pokemon Art Academy.
1: Well, both of the things are accurate as you are both a Wii U professional and a Pokemon.
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> not a Pokemon. <laughs> In fact, that game uh seemingly doesn't even take place in the world of Pokemon, which is interesting.
1: Wait, are you just drawing Pokemon as <laughs> the, the a The framework up thing? is
0: you are going to an academy to learn to become an artist for the Pokemon trading card game.
1: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yep. That's an amazing setup.
0: Yes. <laughs> Cause every picture you do is like put on a card and then you it saves in your folder as like a card with your name on it.
1: Have you made any shinies? Have any of your drawings been good enough to be deemed shinies?
0: I don't think it does that. That'd be cool, but I don't how, think it does that. How it's, does it not? It is way more of an Art Academy game than a Pokemon game. That Pokemon dressing is just around the edges.
1: Yeah, but if you do a good enough drawing and gets ranked, say, this is shiny. I get a, a gold medal. Yeah. Do you get a gold medal? Yes. Well, you, they could have said make it a shiny. I'm just saying.
0: They could have. They didn't. The <laughs> games <laughs> I... Like, internally, Pokemon almost never... Like, actually references Shinies as a
1: thing. You're making the trading card game, though.
0: Sure. Do the trading card games have Shinies? I don't actually know.
1: I mean them as a card thing. Like, oh,
0: you mean like a foil card? I mean like
1: foil card, yeah, shiny. Oh, I thought
0: you meant like a shiny Pokemon.
1: No, I mean when you are you buy a card pack, okay. and one of the cards is a shiny, and you go, but In the world of Pokemon, go, shiny shit. means
0: something very specific.
1: Okay, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, there's... Because color, the Pokemon have an alternate color that's like a fraction of a fraction of a percent chance of getting it, and they're called shinies. <sighs> Except for when they give them out at special events, like if you went to GameStop in the past weeks, you get a shiny Gengar, which devalues Gengars all around the world, shiny got, or otherwise.
1: I got a shiny Gengar. I had to go to the hospital. Hmm. Get checked out. <laughs> it's not.
0: You're the worst. <laughs> what do you expect? You're a terrible person. Well, I know. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you were enjoying Doctor Who. <laughs> it's what you deserve. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Thanks. Meanwhile,
0: I'll just play video games as as I uh, am want to do.
1: The organization for that podcast that I'm doing is coming in, so that's going to happen soon. In the that's next good in the next month, we will uh, plug it when it's a real thing. I will get something out of this at least. That's my motivation.
0: You would have done this to yourself You
1: shut up (laughs) (laughs) You shut up
0: Remember when you were just going to write articles
1: Oh, oh, I tried, I wrote one And then I was like, ah nah, I'd rather talk about this to people Podcasting was ruined
0: Getting fights with a bunch of people you barely know on Twitter
1: Yeah, me and Ryan are going to have a big old fight It's going to be great
0: You and Trace are going to have a big old fight
1: Uh, Yeah, we really are
0: Nah, she doesn't fight, but you guys will be sad, I'm sure
1: (laughs) Just a a sad episode of disagreement
0: Yep you and Ryan will fight.
1: No, me and Ryan are coming.
0: For, we both know what we're getting into. So check out that Doctor Who podcast. We're yep. wasting time in our intro here. So uh, let's actually get started with segment two. How about that?
1: For segment two, we're gonna be talking about, like, games as relaxation, Mm -hmm. uh, inspired by a recent Lana Polanski article called Daydreaming is Healthy, An Apology for Wasting Time. And this came from the stuff both of us have kind of been playing recently, uh, that we've just been playing that's basically throwing our time into a pit because we have this game that we don't even you know think is amazing, but we're just doing it as an activity to relax or switch off or enjoy or whatever. and we basically want to explore that. So that's what we're doing here. Uh,
0: the very descriptor throw our time in a pit uh, I think tells you what kind of people we are where I know this is true <laughs> for me, where if I'm not accomplishing something, I have a bunch of guilt and self- recrimination. Uh, yep. because I have to always be progressing and doing things because I don't know. I, I, we're not going to analyze like the need to succeed and achieve things as a byproduct of capitalism, but it's totally that. That's outside the scope of this talk, but, um, it means that I have to actually actively make and take the time to do things to relax because otherwise I forget how. <laughs> yeah. And games are really good for that, especially since I so easily turn games into work. Like, even... it's That's what you're best Even at. the relaxation ones. Like, I was playing Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, and I just turned that into work. I gotta power through this in, like, three days so I can get to the next thing, blah, blah, blah. And that's a thing I was supposed to be playing for fun. So, heaven help me if my uh, leisure activities are always turning into work. And they do. They always do. It's terrible.
1: It's because the mode of thinking is, like, I want to finish as many of these as possible and think about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the the... Act of playing is somehow less important than the act of having played, which is
0: terrible. Like that's a thing you I actively <laughs> want to fight against.
1: Me too, but it's ingrained pretty deep. Mm-hmm. And i I want to get I want to get games. I want to play all the games. That's another terrible. Sure, game. different though.
0: Different because though, yes, that's the games it. that we're spending our time on as like our means to relax, whether it's Fantasy Life for you or theatrism or a Pokemon art Academy for me or a bunch of other things like it's, those are games that I actually don't, I'm not playing with like a, at this point I'll be done and can put this game away. Like I'm just playing them because I enjoy them. Yeah. And it is just, I'm going to sit down and I have some free time and I'm just going to do this until something else comes up or I get pulled away or I get tired or whatever. I think it's not surprising that my relaxation games are always before bed games. Because it has a natural endpoint of oh I'm sleepy now let's close the 3ds and go to bed.
1: Oh that's when that's when I do my relaxation games as well. It's really good for that. I got a few hours to kill. I can't concentrate on anything properly. I just want to play this and go to sleep.
0: So last podcast we talked about you playing Clicker Heroes, and the the question I had last night as I was thinking over what we we're going to talk about today is uh, this is going to be a roundabout way of approaching the question, but. Uh, Haruki Murakami's, uh, memoirs were called What I Think About When I Think About Running, and it was about him using his like midlife, I need to get fit exercise regime as like a form of meditation because running's a thing you can do, but it doesn't actually occupy a lot of your mind space. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you what you think about when you think about Clicker Heroes, because Clicker Heroes obviously is not occupying any of
1: your mind space. That's not true. uh, Clicker Heroes is built in such a way in order to occupy a lot of your mind space if you let it. Because it has just enough things that you can do. It's not mindless. That's what's actually insidious about it. If you're just clicking on a thing to make a thing happen, uh, it wouldn't be anywhere near as effective. But you're thinking, okay, I need to do this and do this for 45 minutes and then come back when this timer has elapsed to activate this thing to get through to there. There are a lot of things to think about. So I'm thinking about Clicker Heroes while playing Clicker Heroes but, in order to not think about anything else.
0: I don't know if I agree with that, because by that nature, all those things are mechanical. So the part yeah. of your mind that's not about mechanical things is doing something.
1: Sure, I guess. I don't remember what it was doing. Okay. It, the reason it's a relaxation thing or that, that kind of mechanical game helps is because you don't want to think about something. You want to... Just focus on this meaningless rote thing Hmm. in order to uh, forget about whatever you're worried about.
0: So when I think of a mechanics-heavy game, and we'll use RPGs because they're kind of the the games I play in this way because I wouldn't waste my time with Clicker Heroes. A game like that Like, mechanically, I'm obviously engaged and busy watching numbers fill up or doing something over and over again, but I consider those games as almost like a form of, like, almost like walking meditation, where you're doing a thing that requires just enough of your awareness to keep you focused on the thing you're doing, but allows, like, peripheral, like, your daydreaming part of your brain or the emotional part of your brain just kind of, like, disengage and float off in the ether. And I think that's a valuable part of doing stuff. And that we linked Lana's article because it's very much about the act of wasting time on something allows your brain to do that thing where everything kind of detangles and disengages. I find, like, if I'm playing a game to escape from negative feelings, like, some part of my brain is clearly off working on those things even when I'm trying to avoid thinking about them. Oh, definitely. And it's good to have that happen because once you're, once you recenter and you close the thing that's demanding your time and distraction, like all those parts kind of coalesce and you can kind of see what happened. And it's not as clear as like, oh, this problem's been solved, but it is a, you know, your, your mind will sort itself out much the same way, like, you know, sleep refreshes you like being distracted and daydreaming and throwing your time in a pit, like we said, is a thing that like solves problems and re- gives you inspiration and helps you work through emotional states.
1: I mean this is technically true I don't know how much this I agree with this. Oh really? Uh in terms of how it, if, I, don't, I feel like it's specific for me because uh of like all my mental health stuff. Mm, okay. Um the like anxiety and worry and like having to emotionally process things is always a nightmare and on fire all the time mm, okay. with me. So it's not like I can play a thing and then just relax, cause I, I don't think I've relaxed in decades. <laughs> uh, maybe like three times, I don't know. Um and when you have like that kind of stuff going on, uh, games fill a slightly different hole. Okay. In that they, you know, they give you like a sense of achievement, a thing to focus on and be proud of, and a thing you can do, like they are, Accessible, and achievable, hmm. and understandable in a way that whatever your brain is uh, running around panicking about is definitely not. Hmm. Okay. And that's why Fantasy Life is like, all right. I'm going to get all these jobs. I'm going to get do all this stuff. I'm going to hit all these levels. I'm going to reach these bars are all going to fill because I can fill these bars. Is Fantasy Life just clicker heroes with,
0: like, more story? Yes! Okay. Yes,
1: it is! It's the same game! But it's
0: cuter, right?
1: I, I, that's what I said. I said... I was talking to Destiny, and I, she was like, are you playing Fantasy Life? I said, it's just cute anime clicker heroes. So it's the best game ever made. <laughs> <That's pretty laughs> Except it's not, because uh, already the... Flow of Fantasy Life is starting to grate a little bit. That game has significant design issues, or at least the way I'm approaching it, I'd like it to be different.
0: Is that outside the scope of this talk, or...?
1: That's more me talking about Fantasy Life as a game. Like, I think Hmm. I'd rather have more life simulation aspects. I think we'll talk about that next Kulsoge,
0: because Destiny will be back with us. And she'll have played a bunch of that, because I'm not... I have enough on my plate. I can't play Fantasy Life. As much as it sounds like a game I would actually enjoy for the time I spend with it... Uh I have other things I'm doing. Too many yeah. other things. I'm playing like four games right now and
1: <sighs> please check our YouTube channel for Final Fantasy 13 and BioShock 2 let's plays. Yep.
0: I'm not playing I played BioShock 2 months ago. I'm playing Banheda 2 now, but
1: please check for that let's play in 7 years. Mid November. Okay, that's not that's not far away. Yeah. What's not? What's being kept off? Nothing. Bioshock's it. Oh, it's because you're doing two at once now. Yes.
0: Of course. Burns through everything really fast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Suddenly everything's approaching again. You got to. You've made more work for yourself.
0: Um. Yeah. But then, like, I take my time in the evening to play 80 Days or Pokemon Art Academy or Theatrhythm. And Theatrhythm has the. Like loop of I want everyone to level up. Like right now I have a, I have a party of everyone at level 99, but I'd like to get more people to level 99 and I'd like to play through all these quests, even though I'm not really gaining much from them anymore because I have most of the characters that matter and the rewards yeah. for the quests are to get the like items you need to unlock characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'll unlock people that I don't care about, like anyone from th- 11. I guess there's characters in eleven enough to make characters of them, but that's crazy Sid. to me. Like,
1: How many Sids are you? Have you got? Um, I have zero Sids. Wait, you don't even have a single Sid. <laughs> you got a Final Fantasy game, and you don't have one Sid. You are Sidless. The alarming nature
0: of misinterpreting the phrase "I have zero Sids" just occurred to me when I said it. Yeah, what's the. Um, SIDS is, I guess it's maybe not even a thing anymore, but I remember when I was young it was a big thing. Like, it was sudden infant death syndrome.
1: Where oh, babies would SIDS. just die in the crib. Yes, no, I do know about that. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, there we go. Good job.
0: No, I don't think, I, maybe there's a SID from a game that doesn't, there's not, I would be, I would think that the SID you get would be seven. Actually, I think you might get the four SID.
1: Have you met a character from The Spirits Within? No.
0: Sadly, there is no Spirits Within <laughs> character. That would be great. Steve
1: Buscemi not going to come out and help you dance?
0: James Woods. James Woods is who <laughs> you want.
1: I, I only remember Steve Buscemi being in that film.
0: Well, I need to revisit that movie. I remember not
1: disliking it. I'm going to watch it again ah. before next time. I saw it in a theatre. Ah, uh,
0: I'm jealous of you. <laughs> Of course, I did. Of course, I saw that theater. I was very excited.
1: What a magical time. Yeah. I remember being sold hard on that movie by a Final Fantasy fan at school. He was like, it's amazing. It's the be- It's just so good. It's like a Final Fantasy game, but like in a movie. It's just, it's like means everything. He was talking about how the spirits are like symbolic of, I don't know, spirits, I guess.
0: Oh, you mean the part where it just rehashes Seven's plot, but worse?
1: Yeah, I mean that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is very far afield of our topic.
1: That's okay. okay. Let's get back.
0: Uh, I guess we're wasting time in podcasts. Are I was going to say that are, joke. Okay, we're going to defend wasting time in podcasts. You know, I said that we wouldn't talk about how our goal to achieve things is like a toxic byproduct of capitalism. But I actually think it's really important when I'm we thinking about it more.
1: We talk about because, this, that. Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah,
0: so much about why we want to waste our time, quote unquote, or why spending time feels like such a renewing thing is that so much of our lives are built around not doing that. Yeah. Because even when we're like, like, I really like making videos, or I really like writing or reading books for my book club or podcasting with you. But it's very easy to turn those things into work because culture tells us it has to be a thing that is productive and contributing. And I mean, that... The dotted line of that is it leads to you making money, even though, you know, we are doing things not without without the hope of making money on them. Uh. Yeah. But still, that's why we have that drive. Like it comes from the same place.
1: If you do not have anything to show for what you have done, your time has therefore been worthless, is the logic.
0: Which is a really terrible way to live, even though I yeah. do it all the time. Yeah. Because all the really important stuff is things that you like like personally important like renewing whether it's emotionally or spiritually or whatever are things that don't have clear delineated byproducts like you don't come with the other side and like i got this thing
1: no one yeah that's not how life works how we actually think about things outside of the making money aspect of it Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think it's important because the through line there to the kind of games that can be relaxing mm-hmm. in that they essentially offer a version of that like fancy life is capitalism the game in some ideal fancy world in which you have a job and you do things to get further in your job mm-hmm. uh, which isn't how real jobs work it just removes risk mm-hmm. and choice and the possibility of failure mm-hmm. and that's fancy life
0: Even a game like, uh, like I enjoy playing like visual novels or like persona. Those are games that are built around the intangibles that we see as like, I, like yesterday I spent time with friends for a birthday party and that was renewing to me. But in persona, that's like a plus three to relationship and then you get higher status and you unlock more social links. Like games codify the systems that we need to think of as things that we do not for their the gains but as a end in of the in and of themselves yeah and i think that's a that i think that's actually a really harmful thing like the systems of a game like fantasy life or of a persona more explicitly persona but it's in like all of these games is a thing that leads you to think of the end result of your actions Mm -hmm. as being the reason you do the actions yeah which is uh like part of what Lana's article was about because the game she links are not games with any sort of win states or often like much in the way of actual like gamingness they are just tools that give you mechanics to like have a peaceful moment or create a weird art thing that you can't actually save or export or anything it's just a moment in time where you make a beautiful thing or you toy around with a couple mechanics and then that's it it creates a feeling and that's the end
1: hmm
0: and I, I Like, it's a thing that, like, as someone who plays a lot of games, I think sometimes my worst tendencies are reinforced by the games I play.
1: Definitely. Games are designed to, like, the idea of a good ending. Not even, like, whether it's get the good ending, like, whether that's, like, made... Mm -hmm like text by the game like you, f- you can get a 100 percent run of final fantasy 7 for example even though that has nothing to do with anything mm. but because you can it means that there is a best way to approach every single interaction you have in the game mm-hmm. and frames everything around that one goal if you um, it, it can it doesn't have to it's a no it, it, it can uh, because it it incentivizes that in a small way by allowing that as a possibility.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the same uh, argument about why achievements are bad, in that Definitely. they incentivize the the doing of things for the sake of getting the reward at the end and not for the joy of doing them. Yeah, and that's terrible. That's why like gamification is a bad thing, like in its most of its applications. Yeah, because if you focus on the reward not the thing the thing even if it's a thing you enjoy doing becomes less fun
1: yeah because you don't think about that you think about i need to do this to do this and everything has there's one number that must be be become bigger yeah and that's a really seductively bad thing so not not being uh
0: you know uh accusatory but how do you brook the two ideas of that being a bad thing with your interest in games like fantasy life or clicker heroes
1: with the self-awareness of it's a bad thing that I enjoy mm. because clicker heroes, especially there was, that was just uh super guilty about throwing that time away because it was nothing but that. It mm-hmm. was just buttons to make numbers go up. Fantasy life is a little different because the act of increasing those numbers and spending time in the world that they've created mm-hmm. is a, like a relaxing thing in and of itself mm-hmm. and the mu- like the music's good the game looks great you have cool conversations with people there's a story there's enough context there in order to make interacting with those systems valuable outside of that okay uh, that's why i like fancy life a lot a lot more
0: um this is maybe a little armchair psychiatry uh, the thing I'm about to say next, so you can feel free to dismiss it or argue with me. But I feel like a lot of... And I do this, too, is why I say it. I'm not even talking about you specifically. A lot of why... Like, if I'm really upset or in a bad place, I do tend to play, like, RPGs or so, whatnot. It is a system that allows you to see most, if not all, of the numbers and then exert your control over it. Especially yeah. when you live in a... Like, we live in systems where... We are to varying degrees powerless to actually influence them, whether it's well, your job or your society.
1: And that's what I said earlier, like, it's something you can understand and influence.
0: And yeah, it gives you a sense um, of control over a I, microscopic version of the environment.
1: It's not, it's control, but it's also achievement. Sure, it's a thing you have done. But I think and... I think the two combined, like you can
0: you can see that you are capable of manipulating the numbers, and you can achieve the goals that you set out to do. Both relate to give you like a sense of comfort when I th- the systems in real life don't.
1: I don't know because I think the the control in terms of games in which present you a system which you are like, uh. at the top of it. You are not interacting with it. You are, like, deciding the rules. Uh, I think control is a different thing. I don't know.
0: Take Seven, for example, because that's a
1: game I played a lot of.
0: Like, I understand how that game works. Like, my confidence going into a game like that makes me feel better about my life in general, because it's like, oh, this is a thing. I know what all of these things mean. I know what all of this does. Like, I know how to interact with it in a way to get the things I want in, like, the most ruthlessly efficient way possible. And I can't, I don't live my life like that. Like, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm in a comfortable place, but I grew up really poor and I'm still not, like, well off and, like, I have problems and bills and things that are, like, troublesome and, like, I don't have any control over that stuff. I guess it is when I play when I play a game and it like part of this is my like I'm speaking of my experience because I'm someone who has like an obsession with kind of self-control and the loss thereof. But games like this to me are comforting because it's a system I can understand and control. It's why I really hate like management sims like Diner Dash and the like because it's a game about the inevitability of loss of control no matter how good you are. Like, mm-hmm. you can you can spin the plates really well, but you can never spin them forever in a game like that. And it's, yeah. like, built into the mechanics that you can't do that.
1: I And that's why those games are frustrating for me as well. So I guess I do agree with yeah, you. They're not even frustrating
0: for me. They cause me, like, anxiety
1: and... Slump. Yes, no, yeah. That's why when we both loaded up 80 Days... Yeah. And we are presented with you have to get around the world in eighty days and you don't know how and all these like systems mm-hmm. that could influence you. Yeah, like and we there's, there's, understand how the work there's
0: like the economy of your, your money and then there's the economy of your the health of your master and
1: And and then there's this hard limit on you have to do this thing by this time. Mm-hmm. And both of us reacted by, Oh God. Yeah. Oh, I have to shut this immediately.
0: I, but I didn't shut it immediately because I was, it was what I had decided to play for the next hour or so. And once you get past the initial thrust, that game is all about looking past your explicit goal yeah. in finding those moments of joy that cannot by their very nature actually achieve anything. Mm -hmm. because you're a character that is so rapidly moving from place to place you'll have these connections with people and you have these one-off moments of storytelling or improvisation and they can only be for themselves they can't be for anything else because your character moves on and so you have to move on like Mm -hmm. there, there can't be an achievement and if you're just chasing the get around the world in 80 days is your goal like, that's not the end point. Like, I know that game at the end, no matter what you do, spits out a, here's all of the things you did list. Because that's actually more interesting than how fast you got around the world. It's, what did you see on that journey? Yeah. And, like, a game that we waste our time with. Uh, like, I'm playing Pokemon Art Academy as a good example. Like, I'm just learning how to, like, draw Pokemon. That's not like a... I'm not going to achieve anything. I'm not even sure I'm learning that much. I'm not sure it's a great teaching tool, but I find it really relaxing and I spend that time and I'm not really like gaining anything. I don't want to draw Pokemon in my life, but uh, <laughs> I I enjoy the time. Like I find it restorative and, and comforting to do that. And that's like a thing that we should seek out in Our game playing space when we're not you know chasing the deadline of oh we got to get this game done so we can podcast about it or i have to put all these videos up like it's nice to sit back and remember that i engage with this and i can engage with anything in my life in a way where i'm doing it for the sake of doing it not for the sake of the end result
1: yeah and i think being able to do that requires a certain amount of security in other areas how so I find it very hard to focus on just doing a thing to do a thing when I know in the back of my mind, uh, Oh God, what's, I don't have a job right now. Mm. Oh God, what's going to happen to my house? Oh God, what's going to happen? Like everything in my life is in a permanent state of, I like transitional disaster at the moment Mm -hmm. and I don't know what's going to happen so it's very hard to just be like this is enjoyable because I enjoyed it no you're
0: absolutely right because when when I was going through my period of unemployment that I would wake up early like if I was going to work and I would spend all day working on like that was when I was doing a lot of movie writing and like I would just watch movies and write about them all day I'd I'd turn out like three articles a day that Mm -hmm. was it was an intense time because I was just driving myself to produce things because I couldn't in like, my life was such in a place of powerlessness. Yeah. That my only, my only way of coping was to exert all of the self-control and discipline to just make things in a churn. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. That's pretty much the reaction as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's not healthy. You just burn out and you make yourself anxious because all that churn actually doesn't produce the thing you really need.
1: No. Nope. No, nope, no, nope
0: the problem as always is capitalism
1: it is it is uh but then i feel like i want to enjoy these things i want to play i have these games to play i want to enjoy them i want to spend the time that i have to enjoy things hmm. and then you feel weirdly guilty or just sad that you, I have more time now because I'm not working, but I can't enjoy the time mm-hmm. because everything else is... because I'm not working, because you don't have the security to actually enjoy the moments that you are given. Mm-hmm.
0: And one of the things I've found, and it's a thing I struggle with still, because I, I try to achieve it, and I don't do it all the time, is recognizing that you have to demand... like, And it's okay and just to demand time for yourself for things that are not like achieve achievement pursuits like i want to i in my mind i would use the term like almost like spiritual pursuits even though i don't mean it in a religious way like it's for the nourishment of your soul not for any sort of gain
1: it i find it very hard to like n- do that without this overbearing sense of guilt and yeah i do too anxiety. even even when i
0: have admittedly like less pressing like demands in my life than you do but like it's a thing that like, as human beings, I think everyone has to come to terms with allowing themselves that space and time because you need it to survive.
1: Yeah, you do.
0: We ended up very afield there, but, uh, this is actually what I was thinking about when we were talking about this subject yesterday, and so I'm glad we all, t- we took it in. And I, I know we have very different stances on it just because of who we are, but, uh. Yeah. I think, like, these are the things that need to be considered when it comes to even something as trivial as, oh, we're spending time on this dumb Flash game because there's no such thing as... I don't think there's such a thing as actually wasting time if you take away, like, the social pressures of what we need to do.
1: I agree, but... It's really hard. It's really hard
0: to... Like, it's easy to say that rationally, but it's really hard to, like, feel it and do it. Yeah. No, I agree because I struggle with this all the time. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm a guy, am a person who regularly overworks myself for nothing, mm-hmm. for nothing. But, uh, it, it, you know, it's a thing that I have to tell myself every day. Like, it's okay to just take a few hours or take a day or take a couple days and just chill out and re- like, re- like nourish yourself in a way where your mind is not haggard and sad and chasing a thing that isn't really actually real.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I agree with you uh just this this conversation just making me sad again like oh life
0: i know that's why (laughs) that's why we have video games the ones that we can just throw ourselves into and get distracted and enjoy
1: ourselves pretty much i I spent all of yesterday trying to write because uh that's the thing that i try to do and i'm like this is the productive thing that counts (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i'm That that's a really bad mind state to actually produce anything. I, I had
0: to get like, as someone who used to be like full time, all I did with my free time was write fiction and like wrote novels, and then hit the wall of I don't know what to say anymore. Like I I literally burned several years of my life chasing this thing that you're talking about right now. Yeah. Years. Not just a, not just a day. Years. And I try not to be anxious about that because when I think about it, it makes me feel a little nauseous. But, uh, <laughs> like I came on the other side with the understanding that I can't, like, like the deep down in my bones, like emotionally, I understand that I can't do that to myself because I'll just end up dying.
1: Yeah. That's not good. No. <laughs> but, like, I was just meant like, When your mind is in a way that you're worried about just producing things or conserving time and ensuring you've got something to show for it, anything you do make will be bad for the most part.
0: I don't think it has to be. I think it's very hard to make. I think it's hard to make the things you want to make in that space.
1: Yes. Okay, that's what I mean. Yeah.
0: Because you can make things good and still not feel complete by them.
1: I guess yes. Like
0: I think all most of the articles you've written for the site, probably all of them, have been good, and you are unfulfilled with all of them. (laughs) That's
1: true. God, I am. I so have. Yeah. And that's, that's just
0: the natural part of being a person who like creates things as like a form of self therapy. Like I, I do it too. Like it's if in the best of times you'll get the rush of I made a thing I don't hate. But it won't. It won't <laughs> that's, solve that's any goal. of your problems. <laughs> no, no, it really won't. So instead, we play video games. So our game club this month is Dishonored, a 2012 video game developed by Arcane Studios, published by Bethesda Softworks, in which you play as Corvo Attano. Uh, he is the bodyguard to the Empress. And you show up and you immediately lose your honor <laughs> by her getting stabbed yes. and her daughter uh, getting taken by a bunch of assassins. And then you decide to turn the tables by also becoming an assassin, but for the resistance who are trying to recapture the throne and rescue Emily, the daughter, and put her as the new empress and political intrigue and dude i don't fucking know what else to say the, about the, the entire story you of this missed game. out
1: the, the whole thing about the outsider but it's okay because my eyes were rolling into the back of my head so hard oh
0: right <laughs> about an hour in you get magicked away to like inception land and then some guy with a dumb haircut gives you magical powers <laughs> yep
1: the lead singer of panic at the disco comes out <laughs> 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 and tells you that you're a guy with the powers, and he's going to be watching.
0: That's what he does. He's the watcher, right? The outsider. No, the outsider. The he watches, sides out. He <laughs>
1: sides out, yes. He is outside <laughs> uh, in his blue land of nothingness. Yes, outside
0: space and outside time and outside my realm well, of Well, that must mean shit. his
1: corporeal form. <laughs> yes. That must mean his corporeal form that he he has is a choice. He, sure. chooses he chooses to, live to live <laughs> 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 It's
0: very sad.
1: <laughs> that reveals that's maybe the most tragic thing about him.
0: Yep. You know. Maybe it's like how uh Lucifer in El Shaddai is wearing like designer jeans and has a cell phone, even though the game takes place in like a thousand BC this or whatever. El
1: Shaddai knows exactly how terrible and awesome he is. Like he
0: chooses to be anachronistic. Maybe the outsider chooses to look like Panic at the Disco <laughs> because he knows what will happen in the future and thinks it's the most evil thing he could possibly appear as.
1: I don't actually know if he does look like Brandon Yeri or not.
0: That's what I imagine when I think of Panic at the Disco. Just the hair, really not the not the tunic. I don't think I don't think Panic at the Disco are really into oh, no. jerkins oh, as you a. Not, thing. Have you
1: not seen the the, the second album? They went all yeah. The, he would be very into that tunic.
0: Oh really? Yeah, totally.
1: Uh, they had a phase of that. Okay, I'm revealing far too much knowledge about Panic at the Disco And we're revealing just how much we care about the plot of Dishonored
0: (laughs) Dishonored is a first person stealth action game in which once you get your magical powers I guess considering the
1: outsider just makes things happen to them watches the result, you could call him Fallout Boy
0: I hate you so much. <laughs> we should just delete this podcast. I'm going to delete our libsyn. We're going to close the blog. Goodbye YouTube channel. No, I'll probably still do that.
1: Cause I'm not involved there. You can, that is untainted for the most part.
0: I'll just make podcasts of destiny. We'll talk about uh, other video just games. Just
1: have an entire podcast dedicated to how much I'm the worst. <laughs> so I really did derail us.
0: First-person stealth action adventure where you go on missions to assassinate targets in your goals to destabilize the people who usurp the throne in order to put Emily on it once you rescue her, of course, because you haven't done that at the end of the game. Dishonored's uh Dishonored is one of those games where I enjoy a lot of it even though I think... A l- like a lot of what they spent all of their time and money on is garbage. <laughs> yeah. Before we started, uh the hilarious thing that I discovered as I went through the Wikipedia page is that this game has the most stacked vocal <laughs> cast.
1: <laughs> oh, it's it's every single role, every single yep. fucking role. Yep. And none of them: Brad
0: Dourif, <laughs> Lena Headey, Chloe Grace Moretz, Susan Sarandon, and Michael Madsen, Carrie Fisher. Those are just the ones that I know Who's off Carrie top my head. Who's Carrie Fisher? Leia. Oh, she does no. <laughs> the, one of the she does one of the propaganda loudspeakers.
1: Who's Carrie Fisher? Leia. She reads. Well she
0: reads copy.
1: <laughs> well, I guess if you've you got Carrie Fisher for ten minutes, <laughs> you, might you might as well, as well have her, have her read, read some copy.
0: Read some vaguely like V for Vendetta nonsense. Yeah. This game basically is just. The video game V for Vendetta.
1: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the mask—he's got the stupid mask and everything.
0: He, admittedly, his mask is uh, dumber, but also better than a Guy Fox mask.
1: Oh, it, yeah, both of those things.
0: What if? What if they just? What if they meant to have Corvo voiced by Hugo Weaving and just couldn't afford every, it every character to in that game looks character.
1: like Hugo Weaving, every single one. <laughs> <laughs> Just
0: Pendleton, <laughs>
1: now, really? Because Dowd looks like Hugo Weaving. Everyone in the DLC looks like Hugo Weaving. Every Pierre looks like Hugo Weaving. They all are different versions of Hugo Weaving. Some of them have slightly bigger noses. That's the only difference. And one of them, <laughs> Panic at the Disco man. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> um. The game takes place in kind of a steampunk Victorian, like, setting, uh, it's a whaling culture, so there's a lot of shipping stuff, and like the, you find a bunch of magical whale runes that give you abilities, that's how you upgrade, and uh, Um there's a lot of like, there's no airships or anything, but it's very like, uh, like, there's like, the suspension bridge, it's all like girders and stuff, and uh, there's like arc towers that are very uh... God. What what do I want? The there? wall like of Tesla light. coils. Yes, Tesla so coils. Like big Tesla coils.
1: Yep. Lots of electricity um, flowing off things into other things. Yep.
0: And everyone's got too many metal pieces on all of their clothing because steampunk, mm-hmm. <laughs> including your skull mask, which has like four lenses in one of the eyes.
1: <laughs> Look. Sometimes you need to use those lenses. You actually never. Sometimes do. you have to find
0: out whether or not these diamonds are fake or not. <laughs>
1: You never do. God, if you if you did, the game would be so much better.
0: What if Piero was actually building that for himself because he wanted to be a jeweler, and you just showed up like, "Hey, I need a mask." He's like, "Well, I'm working on this. I was going to be the Death Jeweler,
1: <laughs> the Jeweler of
0: Death." Piero, comma the Death Jeweler, would be a way better game. <laughs> I'd, I would play Piero. It'd just the death be jeweler. the most baroque version of a racketeer ever made. Would the game
1: be called Diamond in the Rough?
0: Oh god. <laughs> well, we obviously segment two threw us off for a loop and now we're just punch drunk.
1: <laughs> Apparently so.
0: <laughs> um So the story here is dumb, and we're gonna get into like the things where it's actively gross, but obviously we don't care about this story because it's told through about twenty minutes of cutscenes in a fifteen hour game.
1: <sighs> it's so bad. It's, it's it is, so bad.
0: It's bad to the point where you feel like they had way more planned and then had to just cut it all out.
1: Yep, you can tell that the game's way shorter than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. But it's not actually a short game. No, it's it's a long game. But you, you could imagine this being a 20-hour game with more RPG aspects.
0: Yeah, instead it's very focused on uh, you start in your like hideout of all of your guys at this pub... Cause you just take over a pub in like this dilapidated district and then you get missions where you go to a place and you are sent to assassinate a guy. It's very Assassin's Creed, but, you know, more, uh, European.
1: Yeah. Despite not taking place in Europe. I don't know. It's clearly Victorian steampunk, but everyone has an American accent.
0: Yes. Even though they, everyone looks like they should have yeah. some sort of British accent.
1: Oh, they're talking to Lord Pendleton. Yep. And he but doesn't Lord sound Pendleton. Like just... Lord Pendleton.
0: <laughs> yeah. Lord Pendleton sounds like he's from Ohio.
1: So... <laughs> Lord Pendleton of Ohio.
0: Yep. Lord of Ohio. That's a thing.
1: <laughs> I'm the Lord of Ohio. Lord Pendleton. Yep. We three Pendletons.
0: <laughs> it's like a New Heart spin-off. <laughs> we
1: three... It's on ABC. Yep.
0: They took over the inn after Newhart retired. What are they gonna do? And they're just a bunch of uh New England goof offs.
1: No, they're lords uh, who have been forced out of their lordship. They just they just call themselves lords? No, they, they the 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 conceit is that they were once aristocracy and now must run a pub uh with the ability to like converse and be interesting to the We need folk. to talk
0: about this oh, oh
1: please tell me we don't Am <laughs> <laughs> I not bullshitted enough to get out of this? So being a
0: stealth action game, Dishonored is of a post-Deus Ex, post-Thief variety of gameplay style where you're, you're able to accomplish tasks in a variety of ways, which mostly revolve around the two dichotomies of do you want to stab everyone or do you want to not be seen by everyone. I chose to play this game not being seen by anyone and not killing anyone besides.
1: I stabbed everyone. Everyone? No, well, I didn't stab everyone, but I mostly stab people if I needed to. And I, I, I don't think
0: the reason I like it and the reason you don't like it are because of our playstyles. But I think our playstyles rose out of because we don't because I like it and because you don't like it.
1: Yeah. Uh, the things I do like about the game are the movement, like the
0: blink. Yeah, because it has a it has a like vaulting system, and so much of the game is about climbing on like rooftops and up onto like ledges and stuff
1: but the pace of the game is far more alright do one blink to one thing and then wait there for the guy to move and then blink that it's all very measured very slow very deliberate and I just wanted to move I was like I have a blink I have a teleport I need to go I need to go go go
0: no it's it's Batman with magic powers Ugh. I just wanted I wanted some flow actually it's way closer to Assassin's Creed than magic powers Batman has a lot of Assassin's, flow Assassin's Creed Assassin's
1: Creed that. has a lot of flow because Assassin's Creed has I, that movement system that's entirely I think hold the right trigger. I think
0: go. the part where you're playing Assassin's Creed, if you like do missions trying not to be seen, Assassin's Creed has terrible
1: flow. No one plays Assassin's Creed that way, because it's bad.
0: I try sometimes.
1: Well, I don't. I guess this is revealing many things. <laughs> many truths have been revealed.
0: I think you don't like stealth games as part of this. I
1: agree. I don't disagree. Okay. I like Batman, okay. but...
0: Batman is like it's stealth, but it's the most empowered stealth that's ever been made.
1: Yeah, I want to play Splinter Cell. Okay, will do that. Someday. I, did, I would love
0: to do that with you. I've never played Splinter Cell. I
1: remember really liking Conviction when I played it, but that's
0: I've never played a any game. Splinter Cell.
1: Conviction I remember being good, but that was when I was in my let's play the shooters phase,
0: mm.
1: and that's more that's super empowered as well. It's about taking. Guys, like the tone control about um chaos theory in particular maybe me want to play okay that. so maybe we'll play chaos theory one day so
0: the the dishonored like gimmick is you get a power called blink which allows you to do a short range teleport to up ledges and behind guys and wherever you want really and that's kind of your main way of like for me most of that game was blink behind the guy choke him out drag him to a corner throw him in the corner Blink behind a guy, choke him out, drag him to a corner, throw him in the corner. I couldn't imagine over over
1: wasting time dragging bodies to corners. Um, there's a lot of corners.
0: I... The game is built to give you places to hide bodies.
1: No, I know it is, but I, uh, blink behind a guy, stab the guy, blink behind the next guy, stab the guy. Oh, I'm seen, okay, fight everyone.
0: Yeah, I didn't fight, I didn't kill anyone, obviously. So. I
1: actually think the game is at its best when you're fighting everyone, and I wish they made it more, uh, like, appropriate I... to fight. Everyone. So
0: I played the first two missions, like the, the the tutorial and then the first two assassinations on PS3, which is where you played the entire game, yes. and I realized that the like I enjoyed the stealthy parts more, but the stealthy parts almost depend upon you, like most stealth games, being able to save state and then reload yep. quickly. Because I
1: tried to play uh, the game stealthy for one and a half chapters, and... Yeah. Without quick saves, it's impossible. Don't. Yeah, so
0: I went and repurchased the game on PC in order to play, doing my quick save, try a thing, oh, that didn't work, reload, try a thing, that didn't work, reload. Uh, Because that's how I wanted to play that game. Like, that's what a stealthy game of that is. Like, it's very much a trial and error, see what you can do. Mm. And you could be, that game would definitely support being stealthy up to the point where you mess up and then you have to fight some guys.
1: I did that a few times.
0: Okay. Because you're not powerless, like you're pretty fragile, but you have a gun that I never fired, and you have like a powers that like there's a whirlwind power, right?
1: I don't think I ever used that.
0: And there's like a like a spike mine, like a proximity mine. I never
1: used any of that. Uh the thing I know just
0: from watching videos of people playing this like a John Woo movie is that the mine actually like triggers like there's a lot of physics to like parts of the environment. Huh. Because, like, one of the videos that I've seen is, like, someone slides under a table and, like, puts a mine underneath the table and then it triggers and the table flips and hits an enemy.
1: Okay, that sounds pretty good. That's kind of like the game I was playing. Lots of sliding, lots of shoot one guy with a pistol, stab this guy. Because when you basically force it to have flow and you engage that combat system... like Because at the point where you say, I'm going to kill one person, you may as well kill everyone. Because that's how the game's moral choice system works. So very, very detailed. Very, uh, like, you know, it's one of those. That's, that's fine. But as a combat system, the way it works with, like, counters and the way the enemies dodge your sword. And you're basically alternating between pistol shots and uh, fighting guys with off with your sword. And that's fun. That's a cool thing to do that I enjoyed way more than just waiting for people to not see me and then check them out. I don't like. Okay. I don't like. I guess I don't like the tension. Hmm. I don't like the tension of maybe I'm going to be seen. Because then when I'm seen, it's like, oh great, I was seen. This what a waste of time. All the sneaking was.
0: Uh, that's kind of inherent to all of these type of games, really. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, I played that game ghosting, which means most of my time was spent just kind of walking around, guard like. By the end of that game, I actually wasn't choking out that many guards because there's most of them you can just avoid wholesale.
1: I was doing like a lot of avoiding guys. I just wanted to get through levels super fast.
0: And the game, you can do that. Um, uh, maybe not find all the fiddly bits like all of your bone charms and stuff, but
1: yes, that's a, a huge problem I had with uh, the game's progression because if you want to, you can kind of make it a fast ish blink through everything, stealth to thumb things, and give it some kind of flow, but the game's progression in your powers requires you to explore the environment. And it's clear they want the game to be this game about your relation with your space, and you find out more about your space and that's how you progress. But the concessions they make to allow you to not do that, like all the markers, uh, the way you can fight guys off, everything means that that, that aspect of the game is so minimal, the the amounts you have to engage with are so minimal that the fact that they're non-optional just grates. Hmm. Um. I, uh. Well, you were playing the game in order to, you were doing that. You were acting in space, finding things. So that's, that's yeah. within the game you were playing. So. Because you go into
0: these big environments and I think the level design in that game is the best, maybe the best part of the game, actually more than the mechanics I really like how open everything is and how like I recently played Bioshock two. And that's a game with a very open environments. It's like, are supposed to give you like a variety of paths to take through a space, but it feels so much more fake than Dishonored does Yeah, where dishonored, like you get on a city street and you're like, Oh, I see like automatically three different routes I could take. And they both, they all feel like they would have very dis- distinct things to come across if I took them. Mm-hmm. And they actually do. If you like take the time to explore the entire level, like uh, the, someone who does that, like I did sometimes. Um, and you just come into houses and there'll be like little things there to find and like not even the big things like the Bone Charms. They'll be like, oh here's like a scene of something creepy and here's like a book and uh, if you care about that. And neither of us did, but it's there. <laughs> and a uh like some money and some stuff to loot and things like that. And it's like, oh this is just a weird one-off scene that's built for me to find and then I can fly away. Uh And I love... A game that allows so much of its world to be expressed through, like, your one-off interactions with the space. Which is why I find the story stuff and the lore stuff so frustrating, because it feels so empty next to the actual, like, moods and stories they're telling just through the world it puts you in and the encounters you have. Yeah.
1: I I agree. I didn't explore the spaces as much, but there were some levels where I did that. Like, we both think that the best level in the game... The one where they get closest to the game that they, that it could have been was the masquerade ball level,
0: yeah. Which is like the I think it's the last no, it's next to last assassination mission you go on, really.
1: Yeah, you do that one. You do, uh, and then it's the tower, the tower. And yeah, then...
0: and then the game takes its dumb turn. Yep. Um, and yeah, you sneak into a ball, and you're told. Well, it, since it's a masquerade, and you you always wear your dumb mask. It's Pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> They're like, once you get to the masquerade, you can just walk in and no one's gonna like attack you. The
1: the people uh, on the door who you walk past are like, oh, "How tasteless!" You're the killer that's been going around. You're you're dressed up as the killer that's been going around, and none of them suspect. Oh, that's really interesting. I did not
0: go in that way.
1: I just walked in. I walked in the front door and I got. I went through.
0: I went through the sewers underneath and came up through the kitchen of the house.
1: No, oh, it's so good because you just walk. You just tell it You teleport over the gate. Jump down. Yeah, I
0: was, I was going through the, like, kitchen and all the the maids that are, like, cooking the, the enormous feast are like, oh, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be back here. No, I just got guests thinking, like, that's such a tasteless costume. Which, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, it was
1: pretty good. You missed a good bit. Uh,
0: and then everyone's wearing horrific masks and you end up in a duel. Did you do the duel? Of course
1: I did the duel. I stopped okay. time and I, uh, shot him. But you can sleep dart him.
0: Yes, I slept dart him. Uh, Pendleton's like, hey, go talk to this guy. And then you go talk to him and he's like, you actually uh, apparently showed up for a duel as Pendleton's second without Pendleton telling you. Yeah, I cause... didn't
1: realize that it was a duel until the duel and I thought, wait, did I miss something or is just Pendleton no, being the first? Pendleton's worst? just a
0: weasel man. Aww, yeah.
1: Hugo weaving.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You call everyone Hugo Weaving because everyone has, like, a very... Because everyone looks like Hugo Weaving! Everyone has a very exaggerated art style. It's It looks like, more so than what Bioshock was doing, it looks kind of like a concept art exaggerated style. Yes. Like, it's very artistic. The entire world, compared to Bioshock, it feels like... It it looks... Like, I bet that their concept art looks exactly like scenes from that game. Probably. Because it looks very painted.
1: Yeah. I would assume so as well.
0: It's a it's a really stunning game on PC.
1: I bet, I bet. Uh,
0: the PS3 version chugs quite a bit. That
1: wasn't that chuggy. Hmm.
0: I had a lot of a lot of screen tearing and I don't know. And you said you had a lot of trouble with the DLC. The
1: DLC, the end of the DLC. Uh, okay, so the first big AAA game I played on the PS3, um, I can't remember why, but I had Far Cry 3 downloaded. Mm-hmm. And that runs at about 15 frames a second. I was gonna
0: say Blood Dragon runs like garbage on PS3, yeah, so it, I bet Far Cry doesn't do much better. Uh,
1: it, so I just so now I assume that all PS3 games all run at 15, games a second, 15 frames a second, thirty frames a second. And when they it's don't, it's not actually I'm really true
0: because so many PS3 games actually it's just the it's the problem that the second console has that they develop for one and then port to the other. Yeah, and so games that weren't like built to take advantage of the PS3 like it it the architecture was so different that they just they just don't run as well like across the board
1: mm-hmm.
0: especially if it's like an Unreal Engine game it's a shame uh or all of Bethesda's uh like Skyrim I had the PS3 version of Skyrim fucked that was a nightmare you fucked up you fucked up the thing is I knew what I was doing cuz I remembered all the problems that they had with <laughs> Fallout 3 I'm like it's probably going to be a little bit busted, but I don't like playing my 360 anymore, and my PC at the time couldn't run, and I'm like, I'll get the PS3 version.
1: And so this one looked fine to me playing on PS3. I was like, this is a good looking game. Well done. Well done, everyone. Yeah.
0: Until it stopped running well, because the DLC is ambitious. There's
1: one... It's the last level. The levels yes. before it aren't that bad.
0: No, because a lot of them were levels that you already went through. Mm-hmm.
1: Two of them. Three of them or two of them? Two of them. Three... I mean. There's the, one, the last level of the first DLC is just the flooded area before it got flooded.
0: The flooded area, there's the prison.
1: And then, and then there's the prison, yeah.
0: Mm. Is there anything Maybe else? it's just two. Yeah. Maybe it's just two. I
1: like the prison bit. The prison bit was cool.
0: Prison bit is cool.
1: And there's that massive faction area. So,
0: yeah, I liked playing this as a stealth game you did not particularly like in an action game but you didn't like the game much at all mm-hmm, really nope. uh was it just because of the story or is it like mechanically you didn't like it
1: mechanically i thought it was not good but not bad like, in what
0: way is it not good
1: <sighs> hmm so the 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 whole point of the game is that it gives you this tool set in order to interact with um, spaces and enemies, and all of the uh, powers are very much lethal, so the non-lethal way is already less interesting. But, and that's, that's kind of central to the game's quote-unquote theme, uh, which is that being bad is um, you know the easy thing and the thing that... Is obvious and interesting and seductive and all that, but can you be the good guy or whatever? It's a bad. I don't, I think the game's narrative and themes are the worst, especially in the main game. DLC gets a bit better with it, but.
0: Oh, sure, narrative wise, but I meant, you know, specifically gameplay. So,
1: yeah, but because I had thought the narratives were really boring and terrible and didn't care about anyone or anything I was doing, and I thought that the stealth gameplay was competent but didn't give me any drive to care about why I was assassinating things If you're, basically if your game is about exploring an environment at a specific pace and you give me no reason to care about the environment you have created you've fucked up uh, like the instantly accessible things are moving um, moving, jumping, blinking and the game works to limit you doing those things mm-hmm. uh, level design in and of itself is great, but, I don't know, I don't, I I don't, it's not enough for me, I guess. Okay.
0: And see, for me, the, like, mechanics of exploring the space and then how it was to get in these encounters where, like, I'm maneuvering around guys in order to not be seen and to take them all out to me was, like, in and of itself really good, because I didn't like the story much at all. Like, let's count its problems. Like, woman fridged in first five minutes? Check. Like, Little girl in peril as your motivator? Check. Dumb vengeance quest that isn't actually very good? Check. Like, a scene the where you are- entire
1: brothel level.
0: Yeah, where you are assaulting sex workers as, like, a thing that not to be concerned with because, hey, they're sex workers? Check. The non-lethal resolution of the masquerade level is the
1: grossest thing in the entire game. It's so- and It must be on purpose. I would think so. Like, they must think- that that's, ooh, that's dark and kind of edgy. Cause the- but I also think the game is,
0: especially when you get to, like, Dowd's section, like, I think this becomes explicit, the game is very clear about even your non-lethal actions because you are, like, an agent of the outsider are things that are not necessarily, like, good. Like, you're not a virtuous person. I mean, and the game explores that in a really dumb way, I think. Way, especially with how the, you, the endings resolve and stuff. The way
1: but. you take out the Pendleton's in the non-lethal way is terrifying. Like you, like they cut out their tongues and send them to their own workers' camp. Yep. Which is ah.
0: You don't even have to be there for that.
1: Yeah, it just all happens off screen. They say it's fine. You get the good points. It's uh, the game's attempts at morality are very.
0: They're terrible.
1: Appalling!
0: Yeah. Uh, in Corvo, I think the Dodd stuff is really good. Uh, not really good, but it's it's good.
1: I I don't know.
0: I okay, so when Corvo doing goes this. on his dumb quest, yeah, Corvo goes on his dumb quest and restores Emily to the throne, it's a non-ending, like the ending is literally a cutscene, it's like a minute long and it's terrible. I got the good ending, quote unquote, Jackson got the bad one, they're both stupid.
1: Well, I died. I assume you lived.
0: Yes, I lived, well, I lived a long life, died an old man and was buried in the pavilion where the Empress was stabbed. Cause that's where she was buried also. Wait, I was a protector. You're
1: kidding me, they give you Corvo's epilogue. Yeah. Yeah. The entire game is about him, the entire DLC is about him making people's choices and wondering if he's gonna have redemption to have an open road in the future. And they tell you what! No, happens? no, no. I'm pretty sure, oh. I'm pretty sure,
0: I'm pretty sure that Dishonored 2 will not be about Corvo.
1: Oh wait, I was talking about Dowd.
0: No, 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 I'm talking Sorry. about Corvo.
1: Sorry, I was confused. They're talking about the ending Sorry, of Corvo's story. I, I thought you were saying that in Down to tell you what happened to Down. No, 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 no. Okay, phew. That was that would have been another level of incompetence.
0: No, no, no. Okay, so then you the DLC is two story sequences that are basically, like, put together are basically, like, 60% of the original game, again. Like, it's, it's, it's a sizable piece of DLC.
1: I think um, it's a, uh, quite a bit shorter, but only because you don't have to go to the hub level.
0: That's true, um, and you play as Dowd, who was the assassin who was tasked with stabbing the Empress. in fact, his mission's open with him stabbing the empress.
1: Uh, I really uh, don't like that you don't play that. I think that it's yeah, so do I. I think it's bad. It, the whole but point is about showing you that Dowd's a bad guy, and mm-hmm. it doesn't even make you play the inciting incident of the entire game,
0: yep, uh, and then Dowd's story is about him trying to navigate being a person who does terrible things routinely as his job and has been for ages and the sense of disquiet that not necessarily that even these things are like things he doesn't want to be doing, but that he's playing into this larger thing with the outsider that he is not comfortable with anymore. Yeah. Especially once he realizes that there's someone else who is also being empowered the same way he is to blink and stuff that doesn't seem to be on his side. Like obviously the outsider is playing everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. And once he realizes that, he's like, well, I need to see this out for my own edification and goes on a quest to, like, figure out what's going on with Emily and all the things in his life because he's got an assassin troop and there's a bunch of mysteries going on. Yeah. Which mostly involve him chasing, uh, the witches.
1: Yep. At first he's chasing a ship and then he's chasing a witch.
0: Yeah, and the witches are, uh, it's not explicitly said they, like, align themselves with the Outsider, right?
1: I don't think they ever say that.
0: No, but they have all of the, like, blink powers and stuff.
1: I don't know. I didn't read it in the books. Maybe it explains this.
0: <laughs> yeah. The witches are magical, and they seem to be, like, their own faction that is not really concerned with the politicking, but is going to use the strange scenario of the first game, of the main game, to, like, achieve power for their own ends. Yep. The leader of the Witches is going to try is trying to like create this arcane ritual to put her own consciousness into Emily, so even if Emily ascends the throne, no matter which side does it, she will become the one who controls everything yep uh as plots go, it's a pretty insidious plot i i I think that's a pretty cool
1: plot, I don't know, except for
0: Dowd, nobody knows about her,
1: yeah. Because this, this, these underground witches taking this third option in order to beat everyone, which, I don't know, these witches, that, that's an okay, that's a better bit of plot than anything in the main game. Yep.
0: And so Dowd kind of stumbles his way through, and he is someone clearly with a, like, lengthy past, because you keep running across people that he used to know, and there's a lot of hints around prior relationships, and like, Doubt is just more connected in the world, and he's also a voiced character where Corvo was not, and I think that helps a lot, even if the, the voice work, it's Michael Madsen being sleepy, maybe drunk Michael Madsen, gravelly, angst man, uh, it's not remarkable, but just giving a character with a voice helps a lot.
1: It does. I just think the writing is bad.
0: And that game, as opposed to the main game, like, it's still like, here's the thing you need to do, but it's Dowd saying, hey, I need to go do this, instead of Corvo just being told over and over again, hey, go do a thing, and then you blindly, stupidly do it like a puppy.
1: Yep.
0: Like, I think that helps a lot with the your sense of agency in the world. hmm Even though, in actuality, it's no different. The game tells you to do a thing and you do it, but putting that as a thing that's generated by the player character, I think, adds a lot to making it all feel consistent in a way that Dishonored main game did not.
1: Yeah. I agree. I don't know. I the my central problems with the DLC's narrative is that one, it's not very interesting. I mean, compared to the main game, it's a massive step up, but this redemption plot.
0: Oh yeah, the the is... the Daoud stuff is not particularly interesting, except for the two times it actually intersects with you encountering Corvo.
1: I don't know. I I I feel like the way it ends and the way it wraps up, it could have been good, but the writing is just so bad that like they just have. He just The end monologue is just him boldly listing off the moral of the story. Oh, for sure. In this really just... I don't know, what's the, I don't know what the word is. It, cumbersome, just poorly executed way in terms of having any storytelling craft to it.
0: Yep. That heavy-handedness as like a main character arc is a, like a thing I dislike about this game, both main game and DLC in general.
1: Yeah, because it... it it's all about whether you get the good or bad ending, but the way it tells you which ending's good or bad is by saying this is why it matters. Your consequences are your own and it all I mm-hmm. will accept them because they are my consequences. The the
0: interesting thing, and I think this ties into what I like what I'd like to see Dishonored be if I mean, they're going to make another one, but if they when they do make another one, is the actual whole plot with the witches and stuff just feels like one of the side quests out of like Skyrim? Yes, in that oh, there's this mystery, and then you hop to a couple cities, and you find this plot, and then you thwart the plot, and then you get some rewards, and you you kick back to the world, and you do more adventuring. And if you stripped out the need to have like a big character arc, like delineated by like a story writer coming in and saying the main character starts here and ends here, and you just had. Your dishonored man, be it doubt or whoever comes next. Mr.
1: Dishonored. Yeah.
0: Um, going through and finding these quests in like a bigger world, and then going through these lines and doing these missions, like that stuff feels fine to me because it's in the context of a game where there's a lot more of it. Yeah. Uh, instead, it like when you try to make what is essentially like a kind of throwaway quest that's interesting, but not like emotionally impactful in any way like it's a fun little bit of entertainment and it's a decent motivator to go stab some guys but it's not like a thing you're gonna like no one cares about the lore of dishonored no uh but if you made that a framework where there was like a bunch of those stories and you're just kind of going through this world and experiencing them as they come and it's not tied into oh every one of these is like a big grand narrative to save the world it would be way better because it would remove a lot of the weight that it has to carry because they're not—they're just too thin for that.
1: And you get a kind of idea what a more open-world RPG Dishonored will be like in the the faction mission of the DLC. Yeah,
0: because there's like two warring gangs, and you kind of like you end up like one of them is friendly towards you at at a certain point. They're not—they don't start friendly. Neither can right?
1: start friendly, but then at a point yeah. you do things to make them friendly. And just the idea that you exist in a world and then by doing a thing for other people, you can change the way the world interacts back with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for a game that essentially wants to be entirely about your relationship with the space, that's very necessary in order to make it interesting.
0: Yeah, because the the main game might be very player choice driven in terms of combat encounters and exploring but the plot unfolds as the plot does no matter what
1: yeah and like
0: even us getting like totally opposite endings they weren't actually that different
1: no because the the only difference in the last mission is there's one monologue by Sam Mm -hmm. and and it comes out of nowhere because every other line is the same and assumes you're his best friend and then randomly he'll go if you're the bad guy he'll go oh you're just as bad as them aren't you you're just that's why I'm gonna let them know you're coming great thanks Sam by some
0: but yeah if you had a game in which the fact that you were a agent of chaos that's basically your entire purpose is to choose a way to destabilize like the status quo because that's all you do is either doubt or just
1: make dishonor just cause Hmm. give him a chaos meter
0: just in like a but no i mean like just if you Put that in the same way like Skyrim does, sure. whether you join the Stormcloaks or the, I don't remember the other faction in that game, but there's like a big faction quest as part of the game. And once you do that, like the world changes, like yeah. different factions control different towns and like, it's a major thing. If Dishonored leaned into making a game where your actions actually influence the world that you'll experience later on, I think it would be a more internally consistent game.
1: Pro- the problem is, um, is that the game looks too good because uh, what you want is a more open um game with a bunch of interactive stuff to do uh, a bunch of ways to change the environment but th- the game they're making is also big sell uh all the copies. oh you're saying it's i'm saying it's that too, it's too expensive it's too, the amount yeah. they have to make uh the amount of people who like the probably the bit with the most people working on was just making that city look like the city does
0: yeah, for sure. But if Dishonored 2 just looks like Dishonored on PC and then runs like that on consoles, they could make it bigger.
1: Sure, but just content generation takes time. Oh, for I sure. And I don't think And that kind it doesn't of have
0: dream. to I it doesn't I don't need it to be Skyrim big.
1: No, oh but, god, that would be bad. That'd be terrible if it was Skyrim big.
0: Yeah, but I think you can do more with like a the main city hub like The faction quest and there's stuff in the main game that takes place on, like, city blocks that you kind of get to know. Like, you're like, I know that a thing's down here and there's something over here and I I get a sense of the space. If there was one of those as, like, your main, like, mission story hub that was populated by a world and wasn't, like, a combat space. Yeah. And then you kind of had combat maps off of that, I think that would work fine. It wouldn't be that much bigger than what they did. The problem is the hub world in Dishonored as it stands is terrible.
1: It's such a bad hub world.
0: Yeah, because there's nothing there. It's small, it's not interesting, and it doesn't connect to the game that you're playing very much.
1: No, just here's a pub.
0: Yep. It feels very disjointed. Like, the fact that they switched to just a menu at the beginning of each chapter in Dodd's story shows how disposable that hub was, because I didn't miss it. In fact, I was glad they just went to a menu. Yeah. Because that's all it was. It was a menu I had to run through, and nobody wants that.
1: Exactly. And... It just slows everything down. That's why the one good thing about the DLC is just here's a menu, buy mm. your shit, all right, go.
0: I think it is delightful that we have the same complaints about Dishonored, but I like it and you don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, we we like we were expecting, or our opinion is very much one of the first big. I like this game, you don't. I, I feel like we have one of those in them um, beyond as well, just in our approach to it. But, oh sure. Uh. We both like came away with the game with the same and similar understanding of it, but just what's yeah. there we engage with differently.
0: Yeah, I really liked jumping around and stabbing dudes, or choking them out, hitting them with slick darts. Uh, if that, like, if I had had more time and there was more of that game, I probably would have played more happily. Yep. Uh, and you were done.
1: Christ was I done. <laughs> the the, the I... most satisfying bit of that entire game, uh, was the tower mission which was, I played stealthy. I played stealthy. Mm-hmm. I got up to the top of the tower. I played stealthy. Uh, and then I got seen when I got to the top of the tower. I couldn't get out of the door and into the the bit at the top of the tower without not being seen.
0: So I just- Did you just dive off the tower? No, no, no.
1: I ran in. I ran in Just shoot the guy, shoot the high region. And then the entire tower is running at me. And I just blink off, I jump off the top of the tower and then blink down and land- nice. Like seven stories down, and Christ, they should do that more.
0: You just imagine like your three-point matrix landing. Yeah,
1: well, I feel it's. I feel like they they change this in the DLC. But if you jump in that game and then you blink before you hit the ground, you lose Mm -hmm. your um, momentum and you can give yourself a soft landing. Mm -hmm. Uh, In The DLC, I tried that and just died. (laughs) Which is yeah,
0: because the DLC changes it in that when you're if you're. If you ch- hit blink and you're not moving, you'll stop time. Yep. Or slow time. And so you can jump into midair and then let your hands off the, like, movement controls and then basically blink while in midair and you can double blink even as you go through places. So there's no reason for you to, like, hit the ground blinking because you should be able to get to anywhere. I just
1: want the bionic commando blinking is really what I want.
0: Yeah, for sure. But then you're gonna have, uh, radiated gas. On the sides of all the levels You don't want that
1: Oh I want the Bionic Commando Of Bionic Commando
0: Oh you, you want what Bionic Commando Should have been I
1: want what Bionic Commando Could have been I want it so bad
0: Yeah that's a That's a frustrating game That I actually really love When it actually comes together But it so rarely does
1: His arm is his wife Yep
0: Hey at least Corvo's uh Like knife isn't the Empress
1: Oh they could have done that They could have
0: that? That- what if? What if she's the heart? What if that's a like thing it was, that we missed? I was as just lore?
1: thinking, you're pro- you're probably a former <laughs> empress. <laughs>
0: Since you have a dumb heart that talks to you. Oh yeah.
1: By the way, you have a heart A mechanical
0: heart that points out all of your like hidden like the bone charms to collect. And it just like gives you lore if you hit the trigger button. Yeah,
1: because I'm like, oh I need to shoot someone I'll press the left trigger and instead of, and the heart will be out because I'm looking for things. And it'll just go, This is where the ancient sea dwellers of the d and the whale of the changeler. And we'll go on through It's
0: often worse than that, it's like in the darkness. Yes! The outsider comes. <laughs> time unravels. Space distorts.
1: Yep, this is just sounding like bad dialogue from Doctor Who, so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Dishonored's a stupid game. I enjoyed my time with it. It makes me really want to go play Thief, because apparently Thief is just this, but better.
1: It, uh, yeah, but I'm never gonna play Thief, because it sounds like this, but far worse.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dishonored is like BioShock was the System Shock, like the idea of taking a big clunky PC game and streamlining it, streamlining it down for console players. Yep. And as an introduction to this kind of first-person stealth game, I delighted in it. I would like to play more of this mechanically just without all the trappings that I make Dishonored bad.
1: <laughs> exactly. In the sequel, do you have to play someone else who was once previously honored and is now no yes. longer? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, clearly. <laughs> That's the thing. The the thing that actually has nothing to do with the game is what they have based the identity of the game around. Well done.
0: What if you What if you play? What if it's a co op game and you play as the Pendletons and they can't talk? Oh, the Pendletons. The Pendletons <laughs> and you, they they're silent protagonists because their tongues have been cut out and they're just coming back for revenge. Oh,
1: that would be actually pretty great. <laughs> I'd play that.
0: Yeah, I would too. I mean, I'm going to probably play Dishonored 2, whatever it is. Also Dishonored. That's the title of it.
1: <laughs> no, Dishonored as well. Dishonored 2.
0: Dishonored as well as 3. <laughs> also Dishonored, and then Dishonored as well.
1: <laughs> also dis- Dishonored. And then they're going to make
0: The Dishonored.
1: <laughs> that's about that's the that's MMO. That's a faction in the MMO. Mm-hmm. What faction do you belong to? Well, we are the Dishonored.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Once we were honored, but no longer.
0: Yeah, and then they'll have to find some other way to play on dishonor that I can't think of off my head.
1: Uh, nope, times passed.
0: Well, that, and that brings this segment to a close. We
1: never even mentioned that you're technically the Empress's dad, Empress, the new Empress's dad. It's implied heavily, Asher, yeah, sure. because you can't just be. Oh, that 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 was another ironing moment. We didn't mention that in our list, but I was like, "Yep, of course." You're also oh,
0: like... the weird paternalism. The weird
1: paternalism, but also the way that it, um, that you get to the final mission is like everyone knows you were banging the empress. I'm like, ah, oh. yeah, I was. That was me. I did that. Oh, see,
0: none of that was explicit in mind because nobody turned on me that way.
1: Um, wait. like to
0: me, the suggestion that there was a relationship with Corvo and the empress was only in the ending where I'm buried next to her.
1: No, uh, when you kill Pendleton, Pendleton goes. Everyone knows you were doing it with her. Cause she'd have, she would, have, she would have no, no one else would be good enough or something.
0: Just kill Pendleton. What? I didn't kill Pendleton. Oh,
1: I killed him. He was sitting on the thing by the thing. did not when you blink up to the tower, he's right by the entrance to the lighthouse.
0: Oh yeah, I took like I went when I you take the elevator up to the top of the lighthouse, and I blinked to the roof, and then I just went over the top and came in the other side of like the. Oh, so
1: group. you didn't see Pendleton.
0: No, missed him entirely. Oh, that's
1: where that ha- You don't have to kill him, but if you walk past him, he'll say that. Oh, okay. And then he says also that I'm already dying. It's uh, you t- too late. You've been killed by... I'm actually
0: really sad they make that explicit. I liked it as an implied thing in the universe. No, they
1: make it explicit, and it's all about how cool you are. You are the cool guy. Oh, that's a
0: fucking bummer. You just... you. The one <laughs> thing I thought this game did well story-wise, you've just totally undermined because they just missed it. So thanks.
1: Yeah. Uh, yep. yep, yep. Yep.
0: No problem. We're we're done. End of segment.
1: Dishonored.
0: wraps up the episode for today we have some questions finally finally god after months of dry spells we have questions to close this episode out are you excited very <laughs> you sound <laughs> thrilled
1: feel the excitement in my voice
0: our first mm. question comes from I don't know this person's name uh they're going by blood on
1: twitter I... steven that's steve okay steven okay, name's steven. okay. I... steven tucker okay someone
0: you know I guess Yes. They asked uh you may have already talked about this but how do you feel about that Final Fantasy 15 trailer? Jackson, as an as a connoisseur of okay. Final Fantasy
1: games, tell me what you think about Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> <laughs> I like the car. The car is the best. Okay. When I first watched the trailer, I was like, this is ridiculous. How is this Final Fantasy? Then I played 7 and was like, this isn't even that ridiculous.
0: No. 7 really has not.
1: already Seven's already done the modern day looking but not Final Fantasy game. Yeah. like They've already covered that game yeah, not because new. it was in such a different graphical style. People, uh, and was so long ago, people are going to treat, treat it like it's the first time. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that it's this a boy band wearing black. So,
0: Mm-hmm. I hope that's the gayest video game ever yep. made.
1: It's, because it's looking like just it. a
0: bunch of like good-looking men in a car going on a broy road trip. Like they better be kissing.
1: If that isn't a love story between at least two, of... if that's not a love triangle, yeah. If there isn't inter-band anger and jealousy and resentment over who has feelings for who, mm-hmm. they've messed up.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. I think I think it's at stage. No, like as like it's clearly like it was supposed to be like the original trailer looked a lot like Kingdom Hearts but realistic. And it's clear that the game is not going to be that, but it's very much like it seems like it's an action game but with stance changes kind of like the Paradigm Shifts in 13. Mhm. Cuz they've talked about how like there's like defense stance and like active stance where you're like doing more like physic like aggressive stuff. Um and that sounds really cool to me in terms of how you elaborate on both Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy XIII in a way that isn't, like, too complex to deal with. Because I think you're only playing as one character, like, the main person, and then everyone else is just, like, automated. Mm-hmm. Um, Much like thirteen, I guess. Um The world looks cool. I hope that game is just the road trip, like... I could see them just showing like a quarter of the game and the rest of the game is more traditional and that would be sad. I want something really different, uh, especially I want the after, game to
1: end with them getting back in the car and driving.
0: Especially off. with the oppression of the decade of Final Fantasy 13 we've been living under.
1: Oh wow, it really has been forever.
0: It hasn't been a decade, but it's been a long time.
1: I mean, when was twelve? Early 5,
0: five six, 6,
1: Early 5 oh, early. No, 6 Dependable, I bet it was 5, 6 Japan Yeah,
0: however. it's 6 here
1: Okay, and 13 was announced just before that, right? Yes So we've been living with And Versus 13 was announced at that time as well Yes So I guess <laughs> so it has we, been a decade We're of, actually still in, this, in the same thing
0: yeah, Until a new single player Final Fantasy comes out I guess typo is out in Japan So maybe it doesn't count
1: Well, I am way more interested in what happens next. Because I feel like I've been, everyone's known about Versus 13 forever.
0: Yeah, but I still don't really know what that game is.
1: Sure, but. Because it's clearly not Versus
0: 13 anymore. Like, that, whatever Versus 13 was, was thrown in a fire pit. At some
1: point. I, but if they were gonna throw it in the fire pit, they'd have just thrown it in a fire pit. Like, they wouldn't have made the whole point of we're switching it to be this new thing. It's still. Got the elements and remnants of what it originally was, right? I want to see what a mo- a Final Fantasy conceived, wholly, and produced now looks like. Without Namura,
0: I think Type-O sure. is that.
1: I guess, sure.
0: People seem okay. to really like typo. i I'm very excited to play it, finally.
1: I'll play type That's Is that coming only to PS4?
0: Yeah, I think so. Come?
1: Fuck everything!
0: There is a, uh, the PSP version you could play on an emulator
1: i'm checking on wikipedia it might be like
0: different that. for europe but i'm pretty sure it's only the hd version coming. because there's a vita version also that i don't think they're bringing out in america
1: oh my god final fantasy typo coming to yeah ps4 and xbox one
0: Well, i think it's weird that it's coming to xbox one
1: it's your platform for all your final fantasy needs
0: no they did that already it was terrible I own a 360 copy of Final Fantasy 13. It was a garbage thing. You own thing
1: every do. copy of Final Fantasy 13, a Man Can own. I do. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> You've never even put the PS3 one in. Yes,
0: I have. I played like two hours of it and I was like, nope. nope, nope. Wait,
1: you started. Okay. So you played the 360 one, got a big chunk through. Yeah. T- up through chapter nine. And then you were like, let's do it. Let's, let's do. Then let's get three on or this. four
0: years later, I was like, let's give this another shot. Nope. And then got like two hours in. I'm like, I can't do this. And now I'm deep in. I'm almost caught back up to where I was with my recordings on the PC version. So hey, someday I will see the end of that game. Someday. It is not this day. I hope it's by the end of this year. That'd be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. It will be. Yeah, it better be. Um, I'm excited for 15. I hope it's good. Uh, I'm always ex- there. Has not been a. F- Thirteen Two and Lightning Returns I was not excited for, and that was weird. And I don't really get I like MMOs. But outside of that, I've always been excited for new Final Fantasy. I'm excited for Explorers. Explorers looks great. What? What what? What's Explorers? It's that 3DS kind of monster-huntery multiplayer Final Fantasy.
1: Oh, that one! Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm going to play that. It's got a job system. Oh, you love a good job system, you. One of the job systems, if I remember correctly, is just like Cloud. You can just be cloud (laughs) There's like multiple Like classic Final Fantasy characters That are just like jobs I think
1: I would like to be heiress Oh no I'm dead
0: (laughs) Very good at healing Can't take sword blows Single sword hit Falls (laughs) over Delete your (laughs) save It's like steel battalion Next question is from uh, Friend Tracy uh, what classic Nintendo property most deserves a resurgence a la Kid Icarus? I, Mario, I,
1: they should make a new Mario one of these days. I
0: jokingly wanted to reply, oh, you mean a bad one? I haven't played Kid Icarus, but it didn't seem like a thing I wanted out of anything.
1: Because Kid Icarus in itself was not a thing I cared about to begin with. Ignorance has never stopped you being flip in the past. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <same. laughs>
0: My actual answer to this is I would like a Clue Land D, but done in the vein of Pac-Man Championship Edition DX.
1: That'd be pretty great. That'd be pretty great.
0: But if you mean like a big story-driven thing, like they've done that to almost everything at this point, I would like to see them do a good Star Fox again, but I guess they're working on that. Hopefully it's good. That'd be nice. Don't put them on foot. Don't put them on foot. No!
1: Wait, why would he be on foot?
0: Assault had on foot missions, and there was, why? there was Dinosaur Adventures, Fox's, why? Tricky Bullshit, I don't remember what that name, is. Star Fox Adventures? Dinosaur Play? I remember
1: Star-, Star Fox Adventures, cause that was originally a different game.
0: Yes, uh, that was garbage, but then Assault also had like on foot missions that were terrible. Uh, that game was made by Namco, so, you know, whatever. Hmm. How about a new F-Zero made by Sega who made the good F-Zero? And make it beautiful, because the GameCube F-Zero is still, like, one of the best racing games ever made. Yeah, sure. Bring back F-Zero. It hasn't been around for... I mean, it's been less time since it's been gone, but I would like it back. The problem is Nintendo actually does a pretty good job of bringing back all their franchises. How about a new Metroid? It's been a long time since they've had one of those. Another M doesn't count. I don't care what people say. Uh,
1: They should put a Metroid on the 3DS. What about a Chibi-Robo? If you want...
0: I really like the first Chibi-Robo.
1: You can have a new Chibi-Robo, I will allow it. Okay.
0: That that <laughs> DS one was okay, but not exactly what I wanted, and they did that weird photo game that I didn't bother playing, because it was a weird photo game.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about Nintendo to properly answer this question. Well,
0: think of who Smash Brothers characters are. <laughs> they should make a new Moth game! How about a new <sighs> Super Princess Peach 2, please? Because that game sure. is pretty good. Sure, no,
1: yes, that would be great.
0: Another Mario, another, give me a Bowser game. I don't even need it to be a resurgence of anything. Just give me a Bowser Just, game. Give me a Bowser game. I want to be Bowser. I want him to be the talkie Bowser from Mario and Luigi games. I want him to think he's the hero and he's basically Wario, but better because he's dumber. And, less- and
1: Wario is more deliberately, I am the wacky bad Mario. Bowser is also, just... Also,
0: Wario's joke is that he always loses. Bowser has like minions and stuff. Like Bowser's in a position of power, but he's incompetent. And that's the thing that's funny.
1: It's <laughs> pretty good. I need to play Bowser's Inside Story. Yeah, it's great.
0: And then our last question is from Kyle Turner. Uh, you can check him out on Traspect Ratio. He's there. We usually yell at him a lot. Or I yell at him. You do. If you if you could turn a novel into a video game, what novel would you choose, Jackson?
1: I don't know. I
0: think novels are actually really poor things to turn into a video game. Uh I would love to see someone try to do House of Leaves. PT comes close when it's not being ghosty. Um mm. The ghosty parts are not what I want about it. PT is scary because of its weird geometry, not because the ghost is terrifying, but different way. Um I would like a twine version of Stephen King's The Stand.
1: just a a, thousand gigabyte twine game big
0: religious post-apocalyptic epic it'd be great just find your place there'd be so many places for that yeah the amount of content that have to be generated for a twine game like that would be like it makes my head hurt to think about but i would love to see someone try
1: that'd be great that'd be cool just
0: more stephen king games in general like alan wake shouldn't be the only one because Alan Wake isn't even... I mean, we actually need to sit down and play that game sometime, but Alan Wake will, isn't we'll exactly that, yeah. what you want. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I don't... Like, novel... I have no idea. How about
1: Dante's Inferno? <laughs> Shut up. Because, cause, like, all the novels that I have, I do read and I like, are all very conversational, kind of funny things. Mm-hmm. Like That's the, the the ones I gravitate towards. Uh, there's this... One i re- I read a few years about, but like, something that always stuck with me is I really like uh, The Absolutely True Diary of a Part Time Indian. Okay. That's the book I really like. I think that's like a young adult novel where this guy's just being, making jokes the whole time mm-hmm. and being kind of sad. Uh, and that's a very hard thing to turn into a game. Yeah. Like, that essence of a. Because th- you. When I read a novel, I don't read. or anything, I don't really read it for the story. No. Like, that is the. M- most exa, uh, the best example of like reading a thing for the voice of the thing. Yeah. Like, I want to read the words that are written because the words are well mm-hmm. written. Like, novels
0: by the very nature are kind of the most authorial voice form of art outside of maybe paintings, which are direct mm-hmm. from someone's brain into the world. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like a novel is just one person's like mindscape and storytelling given to you. So, like, even though they do make interactive, like, st- like novels and stuff like that, like, it's different. Like, you approach a novel trying to have a, you have a thing told to you, not to have an experience that you engage with and interact with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, uh, you know, I'd rather they try that than remake Aliens over and over.
1: Yeah, no more games even slightly influenced by Aliens ever. Yeah. Thank you. If you could make a game influenced by
0: Alien 3, I'd be into that. I'd play that. Yep.
1: I'd play Telltale's Alien 3.
0: Or something like Alien Resurrection, more uh,
1: lesbian what? subtext. Yeah, subtext. lesbian subtext and goofy, I am the resurrected superpower nonsense person throwing basketballs and scoring hoops. Yep.
0: Oh, so we want more basketball mini-games. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, I want all games to have basketball mini- like mini-games.
0: Like Escape from L.A. where he plays basketball and he has to play the- <laughs> throw baskets to save his life
1: exactly exactly
0: where's my escape from la oh it's just metal gear solid right forgot
1: exactly yep that already (laughs) exists
0: that's it for questions what is our game next month jackson
1: it's not oh that's right
0: (laughs) it is been six episodes so it is time for our second gameography in which we play all of the games of a game maker and uh talk about them as a piece on kind of uh a tour theory as applied to games. I couldn't think of the word for a second. Uh and we chose I chose, I guess, because you let me. Uh yep. Mike Chaffee, who I will put up a post of all of his games. Uh, I think all but one of them are free. One of them is a itch.io. I think it's just like two or three dollars. And the money is donated to an environmental cause. So worth getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually are probably going to get him on for an interview segment as part of this. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, me too. It'll be a good, good show. It hasn't happened yet, but emails have been exchanged and schedules are going to be made and it'll, it'll hopefully happen. So I don't want to commit, but it's in the air.
1: And then after that...
0: Oh, also, because it'll be happening kind of concurrently, our December game is going to be the game that I wanted to take Jackson and Destiny, because she'll be joining us through for ages, which is uh, a little indie darling. Maybe you haven't heard of it, but it's called Minecraft. What's that? You build mines? It's like a tycoon game? Uh Uh-huh. If you go into any game, if you go into any, like, target, it's baffling to me that there's just a Minecraft
1: section next to, like, Marvel now. It's ridiculous just here of Minecraft toys, and I, that thing is so abstract and about creation that having toys based on Minecraft is insane to me. I have a Creeper doll. It's cute. I don't even know what a Creeper looks like in Minecraft. They're green. I assume they're the zombies.
0: No, the zombies are also green, I guess, but... Wait, what are the Creepers? They're, like, these green... Like, plant things, they have, like, little stubby legs and they walk up to you and explode. That's the only thing they do. Okay. And their blast radius will destroy houses and stuff, so you don't want to have them explode.
1: Do people play Minecraft? But, do people turn them off when they play Minecraft?
0: There is a there is a no-enemy creative mode-like stuff, but we're not doing that.
1: No, we're going to play Build Your Thing we to will, Survive the We night.
0: will play... So, the goal is I'm going to start up a server for, like, seven weeks or so uh, up through our recording, and maybe even after if people are interested, but because they're not very expensive. And we're going to play a survival game of Minecraft, probably set to normal. Uh, we'll probably dabble a little bit in creative mode, just so you can see what it is. And yeah, I haven't quite set it up. That's going
1: to be our main, main server. We're
0: going to be doing... Pro- you and me will probably do, like, a custom map, like... Maybe like a puzzly one, maybe an adventury one. We'll be doing a complete the monument one, which is like a crazy like challenge map kind of. They're they're fun. You'll you will be taken for a ride through the various things in Minecraft. I have it all set up because I've been paying peripheral attention to Minecraft for about three years now, it feels like, so it's a game I like but a
1: lot. It was like four years old, at least. It's yeah. Four and a bit years old. Mm-hmm. Notch has already bounced.
0: I think uh Beta was just about to come out when I started playing. Huh, okay. Uh, but
1: yes, excited for that!
0: Yeah, so it'll be a good time, because you have no experience playing Minecraft.
1: Zero Minecraft experience.
0: Great. It'll be a lot like, it'll just be me kind of grumbling, look at the wiki. <laughs> a lot.
1: Yep, I'll have the wiki open on my phone. Yep.
0: Or on the screen that you're using, because there's no reason to play Minecraft full screen. I play it windowed.
1: I'll play it full screen. Fuck you. Okay, you can do what you want to go. <laughs> I just don't
0: know why. Like, it doesn't. I don't know. That's a game to me that I feel to be very window. strange
1: playing first-person games not on full screen. Huh. Okay.
0: At this point, uh I play enough things and are recording at weird like Asset ratios and stuff that. So uh, I play a lot of games windowed. Sure. Um, it doesn't bother me none. But yeah, that'll be a fun time. But look forward to the Mike Joffe thing coming up. Uh, I'll put up a list of games. This is going up on Friday. It'll probably be up by that Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, And you can check those out. They're very good. We'll talk to him. It'll hopefully be a good time. And that's what we have coming up. Uh Of course, we have the end of Final Fantasy coming up. Very excited for that, Jackson. Once you finish Final Fantasy
1: VII. I played some of it yesterday, the other day. You can stop with that.
0: I'm not even being <laughs> I'm actually excited. I was just... I oh, okay. I've gotten so used
1: to being so far behind. No,
0: you're not that. The second half of that game is not very long, I feel like. And once you I'm get, fine. once you get past the part you're at, I feel like it's all downhill. Uh,
1: I need to go and get Big Guard though. I'm still without Big Guard. Okay, you're, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that.
0: <laughs> plugs. Jackson, give us your plugs.
1: I'm at tylea002 at Twitter. I'm going to change that soon. I have to think of a new Twitter name. Oh, really? And, yeah, I need... <laughs> Blimey!
0: Well, good thing you're editing this one.
1: Thanks. <laughs> um, I've forgotten everything else I do. At Trashback Ratio. We do another podcast. That's cool. At trashbackratio.com. Now on iTunes. So you should give both of us a rate and review. What's the next movie? Celine... And Julie Go Boating. Oh, who picked that one? I have no idea.
0: It was me. I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at litrock L-I-T-R-O-C-K. You can uh find us at abnormalmapping.com. We're on iTunes. Please rate and review us. I know people are listening, and I'm pretty sure they do it through iTunes. It would help a lot. It would make me feel better, because sometimes I feel really down about this podcast. Not the doing it, because I like it, but the fact that nobody listens. Uh I feel very alone. And that's a base appeal to your sympathies, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> it's true. Yep. Um, you can send us questions or comments or feedback, whatever you want at abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. And we're on YouTube or I'm on YouTube doing videos, uh, every day but Saturday and often two videos a day. Uh, just search abnormal mapping. Right now there's let's plays of Bioshock 2, which is wrapping up rapidly. Uh, by the time this comes out and uh final fantasy 13 which is trucking along just fine still not out of tutorials because of course i'm not uh and that's the end of that so let's uh leave this here
1: we've had a whale of a time
0: farewell dishonored we hardly knew
1: because the whale are we are
0: we honored now or we is that what happens yeah, we're super honored. We're honored. We're honored to be over with dishonored. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> there's, there's there's no punchline to this this bit.
0: Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs>